Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia Pacific markets are trading higher this morning on the back of an overnight rally on Wall Street. Ryan Huang, how's Wednesday looking? Looking wet. So it is going to be a wet Wednesday, I'm expecting. How about you, Michelle? It's okay now. Um, I'm looking forward to Sting tonight, Ryan. Sting? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> 70-ish in his 70s and still going strong. I'm really going to enjoy it. All right, let's look at what is headlining the finance world. For the first time in two weeks since the banking crisis changed the tenor and the tone of investor conversations across the globe, U.S. stocks have enjoyed a two-day rally. The Nasdaq jumped 1.5% overnight. The S&P 500 climbed 1.3% and the Dow Jones Industrial Average wasn't far behind. Investor appetite for risk returned on the back of comments by U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, who pledged that the Biden administration would protect smaller banks if needed. What is the latest here, right? Yeah, yet more words of reassurances from regulators and this time around from Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Yeah. Just projecting more calm. And of course, it's been quite a nervy time for anyone in the banking sector, any investor in the banking sector. Everyone's been wondering what's going to happen next if something else repeats itself in the same form of SVB. And here is Janet Yellen just telling everyone, hey, it's going to be okay because we will make sure that things will be okay. They will, in fact, guarantee deposits for everyone else if the same thing happens. So that's a message that came through. And I guess that gave a bit of assurance that there's a backstop if something to that extent does happen. And she also pointed out that it's very different this time because many people have been comparing it to the 2008 financial crisis. And back then, it was a solvency crisis. That's how she describes it. But right now, it is more akin to bank runs, contagious bank runs. People just getting a bit jittery and withdrawing money, causing a liquidity crunch, which is very different from what happened in the 20th financial crisis when you had a subprime mortgage crisis. Financial counters made some of the biggest gains overnight as well as in European trade, if you looked at it. UBS jumped 12%. Credit Suisse rose more than 7%. First Republic Bank, which has been the focus of a lot of attention and selling as investors probe for the next bank, which might go down. Well, its shares, First Republic Bank shares, jumped nearly 30%. However, don't expect a smooth ride. First Republic shares are back down again, about 9% in after-hours trade. Why is that, do you think? Up and down, up and down. So, bearing in mind, yesterday in regular trading, it was down 47%, then it's back up again 30%, and now after-hours down again. It really depends on the news flow. And right now, it looks like investors are reading into the news in a negative light. The latest in the form of how First Republic has reportedly hired more advisors to navigate this entire crisis. So, we are hearing that Lazard and McKinsey have been hired to just figure out what it needs to do. And I think investors just taking it as a sign that things are maybe perhaps a bit more serious than what they are hearing. Despite all the well-intentioned statements and reassurances, I think investors are just 
selling first before asking questions later. All right. It's been a long time since we talked about this next figure. Donald Trump in market view. Now, I'm not sure if you appreciated the quiet. I sure did. Uh, the former U.S. president may be indicted in New York this week on charges related to hush payments made to a porn star in 2016. Now, you may be wondering how this is all related to markets and in particular, how it's related to our conversation on banks. But unfortunately, it is. Now, some of Trump's supporters are threatening a run on banks if Trump is indeed arrested this week. Is this a GameStop moment for banks? Yeah, this is really curious. I'm just thinking, hey, Donald Trump should set up his own SEO company or his own PR company because he always makes the news for many different reasons. He's got a knack for it. And this time around, he is riding on what everyone's been talking about, bank runs. And guess what? His supporters are pushing for bank runs instead of protests. So it does, in a way help them to drive that point home a bit more strongly because I'm sure many security forces are a bit wiser since January the 6th, those Capitol Hill riots. Mm. So in some fashion, maybe they could have more, in a way, efficiency just doing doing, doing what they're advocating right now, bank runs that could cause more fear and damage versus storming a building. So I think that's what's playing out here. They are just causing a lot of fear, uncertainty and doubt over what might happen in order to drive home that message, whatever it is. Would need a lot more coordination for that to work though, I think. All right, we'll continue to keep an eye on how that evolves. In the meantime, the U.S. Federal Reserve's Open Market Committee concludes a two-day meeting this evening. Now, normally, the focus is strictly on interest rates as well as the language about those future movements. But this time, investors are going to be closely watching signs of how the Fed intends to contain the banking crisis, which has been caused in part by higher interest rates. So it looks like the Fed has a pretty tight rope to walk, Ryan, to uh, try to encapsulate what's going on. What will you be looking out for in Jerome Powell's remarks? Yeah, it's going to be the tightest rope in years. In fact, it's been dubbed the most uncertain policy meeting in years because of the current backdrop. And in that backdrop, you have what we've been talking about, SVB, the banking sector crisis, or the loss in confidence, at least crisis in confidence. Mm. So that is really weighing on the Federal Reserve's minds. How much attention should they be paying paying to that and account for that because Mm -hmm. any rate hike that's too aggressive could just cause the entire ecosystem more pain. And then the other side of the equation is inflation, the fight they've been pushing on for so long. And that is still not going away. So you have to ask the question, what would they prioritize? Financial stability or the fight against inflation or price stability? So that is going to be, I think, the focus during the Q&A. So and that's where the language comes forth. Uh, by, by the way, the consensus forecast is for 25 basis points, which is pretty much what everyone is expecting. Even though some are saying a pause, some are saying 50, by and large it's 25. But I think the more important focus is going to be on what's next. And that is where the guidance, the language, where Jerome Powell will have a very tough time navigating, give himself enough wiggle room in order not to commit himself too much to anything. And at the same time, guide for himself the opportunity to do what it needs to do to assure markets that it can or will or should 
do what it might do. So it's going to be a lot of language that I think will give him, I guess, more wiggle room. Just on that point of the 25 basis points consensus, I was reading one of Stephen, Stephen Innes's, um investor updates yesterday. He's so prolific. And he writes that as he looks forward a few months, he can envision plausible scenarios for the rate hikes, a pause, maybe even rate cuts by the Fed. He says it's the first time in his multi-decade career trading career that he thinks the Fed's moves uh, are really so up in the air. Really interesting. Let's bring the conversation to Singapore now. Yesterday on this show, we talked about a court case that pits the head of one listed company against another in an allegedly violent dispute. So let me refresh your memories. Kwa Kian Kiong, the CEO of Vibrant Group, is accused of pushing Tan Tok Han, the former executive chairman of KTL Global, down a set of stairs in a dispute over money. Now, the latest twist in the case has to do over what happened after Kwa was knocked down. So bring us up to date. What is the contention here, Ryan? Yeah, it is quite a curious case. So, Kwa is facing charges for allegedly pushing him down the stairs. As a result of that fall, Tan has a fracture to his right shoulder. And then the contention here is when he was unconscious, because on Tuesday, the court heard Kwa's side of the story that Tan was unconscious after the fall. And Kwa said that he had failed to lift Tan up. He shouted for help in Hokkien from his position in the stairwell. He did so several times until KTL staff came to help. But that version of events contradicts Tan's claim that he remained conscious and was only in a daze after the incident. So you have differing points of facts being put forth from both sides. And even the witnesses are not giving any clarity. Three witnesses say they did not hear any call for help despite what Kwa said. They only described hearing a loud bang, which one witness thought came from someone falling or a fight. Mm. So even on that front, you don't get a lot of clarity, not a lot of, um, um, I guess, alignment when it comes to the story. Quite a tangled web. The verdict's going to be delivered June 13th. Now, the current court case, in a sense, is a sequel to a decision that was rendered last week by a court that ordered KTL Global to pay nearly $1 million to Kwa Kian Kiong. So why did KTL owe Kwa that much money? Yeah, perhaps this was in better times. So this was around his purchase, apparently, of $5 million. Five and a half million shares in that company. So he paid for those shares apparently and now he wants his money back. So that is the point of contention and that is why courts have ordered KTL Global to pay Kwa nine thousand or the nine hundred and thirty three thousand eight hundred dollars. All right. In the meantime, let's check in uh, shares of Vibrant Group were unchanged at 0.079 Sing dollars yesterday. We'll get you the latest update in just a while. Time for corporate news. It's up or down time. Ryan, let's start with Tencent Music. All right, Tencent is going to be a down for me. So five straight quarters of declining revenue. I think that kind of gives an indication of how much it's been going through with consumers just slowing down on that front. And also revenue 
in advertising also going through some headwinds. Yeah, Tencent Music is really China's answer to Spotify. It grossed $1.4 billion in the last quarter thanks to a jump in both subscriptions and advertising. So for me, that's an up for Tencent Music. I mentioned this in jest, but it really is on my agenda today. How's GameStop looking? Uh, GameStop back in the news for the good reasons. And this time... <laughs> For the first time in two years, it has posted a quarterly profit. So well done, GameStop. It managed to ride out all the uncertainty despite being a brick and mortar store. It has managed to do well. Look at that. Shares of GameStop up nearly 50% in after-hours trade. GameStop is reporting its first profitable quarter in two years. The sales, you see, of collectible items have been a particularly bright spot for the meme stock. I'm giving GameStop an up. Let's look at Nike. Yeah, I'm going down for Nike. Even though it can be a mixed bag here, you've got them beating expectations for earnings and revenue. I'm going down before because profit margins are down 3.3 percentage points to 43.3% due to higher markdowns and promotions. Effectively, they had to give out a lot of discounts in order to clear some of their inventory build-up. Yeah, Nike warning margins will be on the lower end of expectations for the year. So Nike shares trading down in after-hours action. Google. All right, Google is an up for me. So they are making some headway in the AI chatbot race by inviting people in the US and UK to test this AI chatbot known as Bart. So this will help it go some ways, I imagine, to making it beefier and strengthen the AI chatbot. More testing. Yeah, that's right. So BARD will be released to a limited group of users, says Google's. BARD, by the way, is Google's answer to chat GPT. It's a pretty cautious rollout, but still an important step forward for Google. I'll give it an up for today. Now, Ryan, I know you recently did something on uh, essential chat GPT skills. We all need to stay employed. Give us a primer. (laughs) So you should be integrating ChatGPT into everything you do these days. If you're going shopping, just ask ChatGPT what you want to buy. Now, just figure out what it is, I guess, blind spots going to be for you. Just play around with it. Is that play it? around with it. Mm-hmm. Figure out how you can apply it in all your situations because I think in time to come, this is going to be the basic fundamental building block for almost anything you do. Because when you go to school, mm-hmm. it's not just going to be Microsoft Word. It's also going to be ChatGPT. When mm-hmm. it, you apply for a job, they're going to ask you, do you know ChatGPT or how to use chatbots? That, I think, is going to be a new fundamental skill in the future. The skill of asking questions? Asking questions, I think, is the new critical thinking. You need to ask the right questions to get the right answers. Fantastic. We're in the right industry for that. All right, back to up or down. Finally, we're looking at a locally listed stock, and that is Lipo Mall's Indonesia Retail Trust. Yeah, that's going to be a down for me. And this is not going to be good news for some of the holders of these perpetual securities. So, this is to the tune of 140 million perpetual securities. That trench that it issued in September 2016 will not be paying any distributions which are scheduled next week. So, I'm not so happy. I would not be so happy if I'm a holder. Indeed. Shares of Lipo Mall's Indonesia Retail Trust plunging more than 20% yesterday to hit an all-time low of just 1.7 cents per share. On the back of that piece of news, company will not be paying a distribution to the holders of securities that were issued 
couple of years back. LMRT, LMIRT, I should say, has also been downgraded by the ratings agency uh, Mood and Fitch. When there's a bank run or uh, you know a big financial institution falls, who's left holding the bag? Apparently, every man, woman, and child in Switzerland, at least Switzerland, forcing a shotgun marriage between UBS and Credit Suisse. The Swiss government and its central bank are providing backstops to support this. Now we have an indication of just how much this will cost Swiss citizens. What is the tally, Ryan? Yeah, it's quite a tidy sum. $13,500 for each taxpayer. Wow. I imagine that's the price to pay for you know, the many years these Swiss banks have been helping to prop up the economy. That is a hefty burden, really. I wonder how the 8 million over in Switzerland are going to take to this. All right, next up, we talked yesterday about the latest scandal at the London Metal Exchange about how many bags of nickel turned to be uh, stones instead. And that is not only embarrassing for the exchange, but also the owner of the bags. And now we know who those bags of quote-unquote nickel belong to. Who is it? Yeah, from who's holding the bag at the end of the day in Switzerland. (laughs) Now you have... J.P. Morgan holding the bag of stones. Not a great look for J.P. Morgan. I imagine there are going to be some hits rolling when they figure out who's been behind these bags of stones, <laughs> which was supposed to be nickel, by the way. And it's just a fraction of the um, the value that they were supposed to have. Oh, my goodness. Just adding to J.P. Morgan's commodity business scrutiny, the, the whole um, area has been scrutinized after last year's nickel short squeeze on the LMF. Unbelievable story. Well, thank you very much. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.